ba 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 na na ba 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 na 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 ba 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 na na Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the Pop Culture Get Off My Lawn cast, featuring the curmudgeonly yet open-minded musings of two guys in their early 40s as they stared on the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, and I'm joined as always by Noah Tarno of The Big Quiz Thing. How are you, Noah? I am well, Mr. Scurry. Always a pleasure to hear your dulcet vocal tones. You're my cutest little nipple-shaped yellow friend who wears goggles. That's why I called you in on this today. Well, thank you. I wanted to talk to you about minions minions little yellow different minions the 11th highest grossing film of all time the number the 2 2015 number 2 animated minions. film of all time between frozen the highest grossing non disney animated film of all time can you believe it i mean we're not just talking about the minions movie from yes, whatever yes. year that was we're talking about minions as an organism minions as a life form minions as a cultural phenomenon that's what we're dealing yes. with here for the four of you who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about minions are small yellow cylindrical creatures who have either one or two eyes they're the signature characters of the Despicable Me series, of which there are three of them, or the third one's coming out this summer. Mm -hmm. They bring much of that. By the way, this description is from the Minion.Wiki, which is the ultimate source of all Wiki Minion information. So they bring much of the comedy of the film, and they are known to be scene stealers of every movie they appear in. They speak in an incomprehensible language called Minionese by the creators, occasionally switching to English words. They are childish, Yet some seem to be very intelligent in certain aspects. Uh, minions have certain English names. They have Kevin, Stuart, James, whatever, that kind of thing. Bob. Uh, Bob. Bob. Kevin, Bob. Stuart, and Bob were the big stars of the Minions movie. Unlike most criminal masterminds and the usual doctrine of abusing henchmen, the Steve Carell-voiced Gru, who was the protagonist of Despicable Me, gets along famously with these little goblin monsters. He generally seems to like them, shows appreciation, he even knows them by name. I think everybody already knows yeah. what the hell's going on here with Minions. So, as I alluded to, these look like little acorn nipples. They're very strange creatures in terms of physiognomy. But then again, I guess you can say that about most things designed for children's shows. Like, what the fuck was a Smurf? And what the hell was Peo thinking when he designed those things? They were a modern version of a time, you know, an elf, a sprite, a fairy. Um, minions are a bit of a modern spin on that concept. Okay. But anyway, please continue. No, that's the lead-in. I mean, we have here the minion as a cultural object, as an artifact. And so um, I would ask you, what did you view and how did you react to it? I watched the Minions movie, which I hadn't seen. Obviously, Obviously, I was aware of Minions. I hadn't seen the Despicable Me movies. I know that they made Tic Tacs that were designed to look like Minions, which I thought was a very clever marketing tactic. One thing you didn't mention is the Minions have become basically the mascots of Illumination Entertainment, which is Universal Studios' animation arm. Relatively new, Despicable Me movies are their best-known films. Minions, now their highest grossing. They've also done Secret Life of Pets and Sing, which is having a, a sequel. They have a ride at the Universal Studios theme park. So Minions are here to stay. So I watched this movie. Uh, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was the greatest animated kids movie I'd ever seen. I read some reviews and I guess I agree with the critical consensus, which is it definitely had moments, but the minions themselves aren't strong enough characters to really carry a movie. Watching the bits from the Despicable Me films, I see that they worked a lot better there as the comic relief 
slash sidekicks. Yeah. And this is a problem in a lot of aspects of our pop culture where the side character catches on and people kind of push into the forefront and it kind of undermines the whole concept. I mean, let's go back to Happy Days, you know, making Fonz the main character of Happy Days kind of undermine the whole concept of Happy Days. And well, stuff. this is why you never got the Jimmy Gatowski series. You know, they, they thought better yeah, of it. Exactly. There are exceptions to prove the rule. Frazier got his own show from Cheers. Sidekicks should be sidekicks. I got a question for you, Bill, which is why did you latch upon this as a topic for our podcast because i feel like previously when we say we're looking at stuff that the kids are into we don't literally mean kids we mean people in their 20s mm-hmm. or maybe teenagers here you're going for stuff that literally children are into and for all my criticism of minions it just seems typical kid stuff to me i mean i don't it's not the kind of kids thing that i go oh this is really fun and charming but it's not bad and i don't have a problem with kids being into it why does this stand out to you as something that you find puzzling or cryptic or, or worth analyzing well most people who know me know that i'm fueled by a hatred of children and the things that children like. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Ironically, I'm a purveyor of children's entertainment in some respects because I'm actually a huge fan of Disney World, Disneyland, Universal yes. Studios. It's funny you mention that because I've actually been on the Minion ride there. At first, I actually thought it was a Minion. I thought they were looking for a fourth <laughs> or fifth guy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Chew joke! <laughs> Go ahead. I saw the minions there. I mean, I understood that uh, you'd have to be a blind idiot not to look at the bankroll that these characters are making. And I actually saw Illumination Studios, one of their proof of concepts was an Oscar-nominated short, animated short, rather, that came out, I want to guess, around five years ago or so. And it was obvious because the uh, character model of Gru, the Steve Carell character, they use the same kind of egg-shaped body with small, spindly legs for men. I could tell in the hook nose, and it was a non-verbal animated shirt. It was mostly just sailing on storytelling within a year or so Despicable Me hit. And so I thought, okay, these guys are players. They're trying to muscle in on DreamWorks. They're trying to muscle in on Disney. They're trying to muscle in on whomever else is making animated films. And it looks like a big part of the push advertising-wise for Despicable Me was the Minions. I thought of Smurfs. I thought of it was really this movie, the the Minions movie in particular. It's like, oh, they just decided to wash any pretense away of having something that made sense, of something that was designed on two different levels, the one for the adults and the one for the kids. It made me think of Shrek, for instance, which was, you know, this big hit for DreamWorks, but Shrek was this bullshit movie that was this garbage wrapper of a dumb story <laughs> to, to freight jokes about Michael Eisner, right? That's what Shrek was. And so Shrek had the appearance of a cartoon, but it was essentially jokes written for adults that were ham-fisted and corny and insidery. And right. I, I could have said, look, if this was 15, 20 years ago, I would have said, I don't get Shrek, but we're doing I don't get Minions in this case. And Minions are just the almost atomic constituent of animated films. These little nonverbal, P-shaped little weird yellow goblins who wear miners or divers masks and overalls, and they just walk around doing stupid weird hijinks. It seems very much like something designed for a 5 to 10 year old kid. That's what I'm assuming where this slots in. So wait a minute, are you saying that they don't do what Shrek and all these other movies do and that have the little jokes for the adults? Because I think they do. I think Minions had fewer of them. Man, it's set in 1968. Every visual reference is something a little kid wouldn't get. I get, but I don't understand why that is because there's very little about it that needs to be in 1968. I think that the reason why it was set in 68 was to just have the music cues. They 
they had that. Yes. Yes. Bringing in the Who, bringing in the Beatles. And a bringing... lot. Uh, there were a lot of good songs in this movie. I'll I know, but the songs are just so <laughs> callously dropped in. It's like in the place of edit or pacing or beats, they instead just dropped in a song cue to indicate, oh, here's the change of environment. And look, every movie does this. Judd Apatow's movies are filled with this. Adam Sandler's movies are filled with this. It's such a pedantic form of editing and storytelling. But I think that the pendulum is swinging for where it was during Drek. The jokes were so arch and uh, yeah, knowing. Yeah, a little much. A little much. Yeah, this is definitely a better mix. But the minions in themselves, I feel like when you make a movie about the minions, you are going all in, pushing your chips onto the felt of saying, we're doing this for kids. These are practically pre-verbal characters, and it is slapstick comedy. It's just Buster Keaton. So what if Sandy Bullock is yeah. playing this really uninteresting supervillain? So what if John Hamm is playing her boyfriend? None of those characters have any appeal. They were weak characters, and that's part of the reason why this movie doesn't entirely work. You know, one thing I think we need to talk about is the quality of the animation, which I think, you know, and I could say this for all Pixar movies, I just think is stunning. It's superb. Mean, the level of detail Absolutely. is superb. This really attests to how in so many ways we're in the golden age of animation. Yeah. I mean, look at animation when we were kids. Like, fine. The Disney movies were competent back then and mm-hmm. and filled with a lot of charm. Don Bluth, yeah. Again, you could say this a very Pixar movie of Frozen and everything. The way the minions move their eyes or the, the flutter of hair or things like that. I mean, we're in this era where animation is a fine art. And look at the cartoons we were watching on TV when we were kids. I mean, I once read, I have no idea who said this, that children's cartoons are proof that adults hate children. And I mean, dear Lord, it's true. So we're looking at a product of quality here. The fact that you're criticizing this for not having enough jokes for adults, I mean, just shows how spoiled we've become. I don't know if I'm criticizing it on that basis. I wish that the jokes were better for kids. The fact that these characters are pre-verbal... I almost feel like, stay with me here, I almost feel like it's almost sinister that you are taking away language skills from these characters. They're just speaking unintelligible jargon. Not just for the reason that you hope that a kid like me watches something and you pick up words, you pick up ideas based on the phonetics you hear and you fill them in later. This is a very popular thing that essentially dispenses with most language. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a written script and a lot of storytelling and a lot of cartooning. There's a lot of things to be imputed from people's actions and their facial expressions but the language of the minions is a pigeon right of spanish and italian it almost sounds like and in addition to just junk gibberish jargon that kind of thing mm-hmm. it looks like it may be a little bit of glossolalia on the part of pierre cuff and the guy who, who I, uh, I read a little thing about where he came up with it it's a pigeon of gibberish with a handful of languages mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's enough internal logic to it that it's like klingon you know no one's going to be translating the bible <laughs> into minionese but <laughs> there seem to be i mean finish finish your thought because i have a reaction to it so go ahead it's twofold right is that you're depriving uh, actual oral entertainment for kids where you have the potential to give them language and, and language ideas, which I think, aside from... It G. is I, not the job of minions to teach children oh, how to speak. Oh, I think it is the job to be decent in that respect. Okay, continue. Our cartoons as a kid, and I'm not, I'm not referring to G.I. Joe, I'm not referring to Transformers or even Snorks, but <laughs> if I'm watching uh, Looney Tunes, if I'm watching something that was a little higher up, and I'm, I'm now Looney Tunes were designed for adults watched by kids, but there's yeah. so much English language playfulness that comes out, and it's not arch or complex. No, it's arch, pardon me, but it's not complex. It's very simple. How much of our vernacular is shaped by the voice stylings of Mel Blanc and the scripts of Frizz Freeling? That's sort of an incredible font to have when we're a kid. And I'm not saying that all these movies don't do that. Look, I watch Frozen. 
I've seen them all, actually. Frozen has a terrible script. The, the actual writing, what the characters say, there's no art in it. And it, at least it's English, but there's nothing to it. This, and I'll say the same thing about Moana, which Moana was a great movie fantastic fucking movie but the script was written on a 12 year old's level it's not trying to challenge its audience at all and i feel like the actual sound of the script is going to sound very dated in about 25 years unlike listening to looney tunes as my primary example of something that continues to age i'm going to veer very quickly into why it's worse because if you remove language from something you are in a sense making a movie designed to sell to China and the Pacific Rim, which Fast and Furious is that too. Fast and Furious has a script that's just Vin Diesel growling through things. No one pays attention to what uh, Paul Walker was saying while he was alive. May he rest in peace. But the movie is like, hey, I watched that truck just crash through another truck and then fall out of a building and then it's on a submarine. And it's like, that's really cool. (laughs) And this movie Minions, you could essentially give this to China. You can give this to the unsophisticated audience in China. And I'm not slurring them. They are an unsophisticated audience, which is why they buy up this American thing. They can't sell My Dinner with Andre to, to, sh- to Shanghai. They can sell Minions to Shanghai. And it's cynically made to cross over to Asia and to nonverbal or periverbal children. I think you are way too hard on this movie for a variety of reasons. <laughs> the movie is non... First of all, I don't think it's entirely nonverbal. Their language expresses a lot, partly because it does have a smattering of recognizable English words. Their language... Exp- expresses quite a bit. Second of all, because the animation is so artfully done, the minions are very expressive. There is a lot of language here. Maybe not verbal language, but body language and tonal language. I think the minions are extremely expressive characters. If Illumination Entertainment has stumbled upon a way to make expressive characters that can more easily be expressive to a non-English speaking audience, then good on them. They figured out a way to make money without sacrificing too much quality. Fast and Furious movies figured out a way to sell something all over the world by sacrificing storytelling, by sacrificing language, by sacrificing expression. Minions have figured out a way to cut the Gordian knot. That didn't even occur to me, but you brought it up. I would commend them. Second of all, come on, are we going to blame minions for not educating children? Must every movie educate children in every way? Are you going to criticize Buster Keaton movies for not being verbally linguistic? Yeah, like, man, Buster Keaton movies invented film. I mean, that, there's only so much you can right, freight well, then upon forget, something. Then forget Buster Keaton movies. There's got to be something more contemporary. Harpo mm-hmm. Marx expressed everything non-verbally. Was he undermining people's language skills? No, it was a different method of expression. Sure. And because Harpo was a comedic genius, he was able to express things in a still intelligent way without communicating verbally. As harsh as I might have been, I will completely back you up on the quality of the movie, on the aptitude of the people who made it, on the everything, the expressiveness of the characters. I don't love this movie, but that's only because I just think the script wasn't very strong. It's just because I think Sandra Bullock and John Hamm's characters just weren't very appealing characters, and I think the minions work better as sidekicks, as sidelights, as, you know, Oompa Loompas, which mm-hmm. is a, an analog to them. Right? That's they true. Need a Willy, yeah. They need a Willy Wonka to play off of. And I thought Scarlet and Herb Overkill, the main human characters in the Minions movie, were just not strong enough to fulfill that role. One problem, I guess, occurs to me that I do have is I just think the concept behind the Minions, that they are looking for evil geniuses to work for, is... It is not an obvious enough idea. It takes a little bit of explaining, hence Jeffrey Rush's voiceover in this movie. Yeah, I agree with you Uh, on that one, yeah. It doesn't stand on its own two feet. But maybe I'm repeating myself. They work better as sidekicks 
not only because of how they're designed, but also conceptually who they are and their raison d'etre. Since you brought that up, it does make me think that to a degree, I would have preferred to see the history of the world part two version of this. Because you you start out with Jeffrey Rush and this voiceover, and he's telling you about the minions, and you wind up seeing these vignettes, right? And much like History of the World, the vignettes give way to longer set pieces. I almost would have rather seen the idea of these minions go through history. It would have been a travelogue through all these ep- epochs. Instead, you just wind yeah. up at Parks in 1968 for some reason, and it sticks out this really pedantic... The script needed some work. That being said, first of all, the animation's great, mm-hmm. and I found the hijinks of the minions to be, you know, not my thing, but perfectly fine, charming. If kids are going to be into this, it's way better than a lot of other crap they can be into, and way better than a lot of crap we were into. I wanted to get into this. This is a very specific yeah. thing, right? Okay, so you saw from okay. the movie, the one... For forget which one was it kevin the one guy dropped his pants and he had buttocks do you remember that he was wearing a thong in that one scene? yes if you go from there right that the minions all have cleft buttocks right that imputes that they also have anuses <laughs> oh come on listen 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 yeah, yeah and Barbie doesn't anything. have genitals either. Okay. Well, they must have. Well, how do they reproduce? Look, if they have anuses, that means they eat and excrete. Now, we don't see them eat, so it's not exactly clear. But it was proven that they're immortal, right? And they're pretty much impervious to all forms of violence and biological damage. So I wonder, the minions, they're a pretty generic species, but they do weird things. Like, and I think it was the first Despicable Me. If you crack them, they turn into like glow sticks, right? That's that's canon. We have to just assume that they have this yes, chemical that's reaction. Canon. Yes, that's, that's uh, in continuity until. One of them, get this, one of them survived without air in the vacuum of space. The only organism that could do that is a tardigrade and some viruses. So what does that say about the minion if it can exist in the the cold vacuum of space with no air? So you would need like a germ warfare agent or a a chemical weapon to just defeat a single minion, much less all of them at once. It's some some horrifying species that I can't even begin to to clasp my mind around. All right, you need serious therapy. You you need the people in Vienna, okay? You need some serious, hardcore, full time therapy. You are analyzing the purpose of minions' anuses and wondering how one would kill minions. Uh, what, what, what are you talking about? They're sentient Tic Tacs. Minions have been on this planet far longer than we have. They go by many names. Dave, Carl, Paul, Mike. They're all different, but they all share the same goal. <laughs> to serve the most despicable master they could find. Why is this popular? The number one reason it's popular is because it's been shoved down people's throats. They're cute and they're lovable. And, you know, the other thing of the, their quote-unquote evil, you know, little kids like the naughty bone tickled. That doesn't sound right. But they like, um... <laughs> they like the idea that, that they're just a little naughty, you know, that they're quote-unquote evil. It's kind of appealing. You know, they break the rules, but in a very harmless, lovable way. Why not be popular? Because someone with a zillion dollars worth of marketing muscle has thrown them in your face over and over again, and they're appealingly cute characters. And the little shape, the little cylindrical shape is very cute, and you can play a lot with that. And yes, the fact that they communicate non-verbally makes them easy to sell to people of many different cultures, many different educational backgrounds. You know, I think they've stumbled upon a very sticky, neutral concept that is easy to sell to many different kinds of people. They came upon something that is lowest common denominator without being insulting to intelligence. You know, I guess I can't argue with that. I feel like you're even making the case that you're, if you're applauding a cynical lowest common denominator as a sort of a benchmark of one 
one-size-fits-all quality. Perhaps these are dark days we live in. And I think these cartoons, these these animated uh, movies, it's like they're tireless. The amount of people who work on yeah. this is certainly beats the shit out of Oliver and Company, you know. Or yeah. Not that Secret of Nim was a bad movie, but the amount of effort, labor, and, and expense put into this dwarfs those movies. You, you can make a hundred swords in the stones and uh, rescuers down under for what it takes to make one single uh, minion. So in that respect... Yeah. No, it's, it's incredibly impressive. I mean, the level of detail I find stunning, to be honest. Knowing what we do know about Pixar's campus in Emeryville and how transparent, or at least the myth of transparency that John Lasseter has shared with the public, it is this thing where everyone in the company is apparently given credit and you have the ability to, you can just walk into Lasseter's office and you just say, you know what, I don't think I like that elephant character. He's an asshole. Some janitor might correct you on Inside Out and maybe what he says will be heard. Who knows? And I'm sure that's the same thing for Illumination Entertainment. There must be mimicking the Disney Pixar model on some degree. It's nice that something that has that much time and attention put into it does succeed. And yeah, I think that there is something kind of generic and universal about these minions. But I, I don't think it's really a, a big puzzle as to why they're popular. I mean, for all the rants I just made in the first half, the first segment of this, is it, it seems pretty obvious. <laughs> Would you have liked it if you were a kid yourself? Sure, why not? They're funny. They're fun. You know, I, I had a poster of an Ewok on my wall when I was a kid, so I, I think the minions are better than the Ewoks, and I'm not an Ewok hater. I'm one of mm. those people. Depends what we mean by kid. Like, I, I saw my nephews yesterday, and they're 13, and I asked them if they saw minions. So presumably they saw it when they were 11 at the youngest, mm. and they said they thought it was okay. But they see all those movies, and there are very few of them that jump out to them as they really love. I mean, these days, they love John Candy movies. So, <laughs> so um, That's pretty random right there. What about you? No, I think this, to, to quote uh, J.K. Simmons, not my tempo. Something about this is a little toothless, a little anodyne. It, not in a way that, like, don't get me wrong, kids loved, even even me, professional cynic and hater of fun, Bill Scurry, would have dug on a lot of anodyne and toothless things when he was a kid. I just don't think that this particular flavor of jokey joke thing would have been my speed. I mean, you know, I, I was watching Dark Crystal at this age. I mean, this is where stuff like that, if it was Muppets, you know, and Muppets were my minions, I would say. Muppets had a little bit of ennui, a little bit of sophistication to them. There was a little bit of jadedness to them. And even though they were puppets telling jokes and doing very broad slapstick things, the Muppets were a good way of freighting larger adult ideas, not unlike what they were trying to do with Shrek, except it was integrated much better. The Muppets bring up to me a fundamental difference between kids' entertainment then and now. Minions are a lot more standard of entertainment now. My nephew saw the Muppet movie. My sister showed them the Muppet movie when they were eight, maybe? And, you know, she had fond memories of it that, and they hated it. And their response was, this is a baby movie. Ooh. And my theory was that they were in this vast Alley where they were too young to get the quote-unquote sophisticated humor of the Muppet movie. You know, the, the jokes that still appeal to adults now. From their point of view, in children now, they look at puppets, animal puppets, and just see baby stuff. The kind of stuff they're into, you know, they like the Backyardigans and very quickly turned on them because they said that's baby stuff. The Muppets were sort of in this valley. Now, we came from a very different background where I don't know if it was that we could appreciate the adult humor more or maybe we just didn't dismiss the puppets out of hand because they were 
animal puppets mm-hmm. or a lot of them animals, some of them people. I think minions are more, much more typical of kids' entertainment now. So if we were kids now, we would be more predisposed to liking stuff like the minions because we had seen Shrek, because we had seen The Incredibles, because we had watched Frozen. Their quest for a boss put the minions front and center for some of civilization's most historic moments. Ancient Egypt held great promise. But it didn't last long. Is the popularity of minions a sign of the apocalypse? Well, for all the biological reasons I just stated, and the fact oh, that come you, on. you can't exterminate stop. a minion, it could oh, very well stop. be the end of all life on Earth as we know you, it. You realize this: the minions aren't real, that this is fiction. Look, I was reading an article in The New Yorker about the minions, and they were talking about the growing threat. All right. Are you, are you fortified <laughs> against the zombie apocalypse as well? Uh, I think the only thing about the minions that make it seem like a sign of the apocalypse... It's amazing that you could have something of such high quality that I could get on for specious reasons and still manage to find a way to throw dirt on it. I think the idea of, of limiting language from something, while in some cases could be very clever, like if you go back and watch Jacques Tati's uh, Mon Uncle movies from the 60s or 50s, maybe early 60s, or Buster Keaton, not that voiceless things are in and of themselves bad, but I sort of feel like sometimes it's a, a challenge of storytelling to do something without words that winds up being amazing. How do you feel about and again, they don't form movies around them, but Disney characters. I go back to Aladdin. Aladdin had both the monkey and the rug. And those are some of the most charming characters in, in that movie. And I'm sure you could probably come up with many other Disney examples of nonverbal right. sidekick characters. Or Pluto, right? Pluto, sure. the dog. Yeah, Pluto. Exactly. Why are the minions worse? Just because they have their own movie or what? I don't think that there's just some levels that the sophistication is incredible and that there are other levels where I feel like the lack of sophistication is obvious. If you go back to um, Pocahontas's sentient raccoon creature thing uh, from the right. 1995 movie, that's a verbal, a nonverbal character that adds nothing to it. Or the monkey. It's either the fact that they've dispensed with language to make it easier for kids to sell it to five-year-olds or the idea that it's the cynical bid for China and the far Asian market. I just, I think it can be that and something creative and artistic. You know, there's a long history of nonverbal, whether it's dance. I mean, I don't know that much about dance as an art form, but that's mainly a nonverbal form of communication. And, you know, I wouldn't dismiss that out of hand at all. Uh, Opera to an English-speaking audience puppetry right did you see war horse on broadway i mean so maybe maybe the minions have found a way to take i mean this might sound ridiculous to someone who knows a lot about dance or opera or whatever but maybe they have found a way to use some of those principles and make them acceptable and appealing to a mainstream audience Are you jealous? Exactly. Is this dislike of this little nipple based in jealousy for you? I don't dislike it. N.A., my friend. I'm not crazy about it. All right, my dislike. The fact that I think the script is wanting and the minions can't carry a movie. Is that jealousy? No, I don't care. Whatever. What about you? It comes down to me there's a, a tonality to it that just doesn't work. Again, the J.K. Simmons thing. Not my tempo. I just can't. Uh, right. Can't. It's a taste thing where I can't buy into it just because I don't like the little characters. I don't like what they do. And the design is arbitrary in a way that I can't quite buy. Oh, I like the design. I think the design well, this, is very... This, Simple and elegantly done. I it's, think it's very smart. 
definitely simple. I also feel like it's a little arbitrary in the fact that they just wear overalls with these little welder's masks. If they were just little blobs like the schmooze from, from those Hanna-Barbera cartoons, I might have an easier time of just thinking, oh, it's a, a little army full of these guys who don't wear pants. They're almost like purely mythological creatures. But for some reason, they do wear pants that cover up their incredibly shapely cleft buttocks. So you can accept the schmoo, but you can't accept the minions from a realist point of view. Well, the schmoo is more fantastical. And so the schmoo is a departure from reality. And I feel like they're, they're having it too close to anthropomorphism with the minions and that they're making them too near. They've given them names. It's like, who wants a fantastic creature named Kevin? I mean, I know a fantastic creature named Kevin. He's a really good yes. guy. But, yes, but it's like, I would rather have his name as Baldar the Inexorable. That is something like that gets more <laughs> to my sensibility. They enter the uncanny valley for you. The minions. Yeah, in some ways, like a conceptual yeah. uncanny valley where they're just trying too hard. It's like, it's like coming up with a dragon and naming it Greg. I will never understand your mind, my friend. I just, I will never. <laughs> what they have done to you, I can't. I hear you. I demand internal consistency from my fantasy, but I don't rant about these things, my friend. I just want to say, I know there's some nerd listening out there right now. Yes, I know. Maybe you don't know. The schmooze were not invented by Hanna-Barbera. They go way back. Yeah. They're from, uh, yeah. well, are they from uh, Little News- Abner? Newspaper strips, or, right? Or, yeah, like or, Little Abner. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We can't possibly wring any more blood out of the stone. I think we're yes. done. <laughs> okay, everybody. Enjoy Despicable like find... Me 3. <laughs> Enjoy. If you'd like to find past episodes, please look on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, yes. and Stitcher. Yes. Tweet at us, No and Bill Show. Write to us, no and Bill don't get it at gmail.com and visit I don't get it podcast.com. Go on iTunes, give us a review. We've gotten some good uh, constructive criticism from some of our fans. We take it to heart. We welcome that. So, you know, go ahead. Feel free to piss all over us if you want. You can find me at William Scurry. You can look for me on YouTube at AM Caesar. My good friend Noah Tarno is on Twitter at Noah Tarno. And he's also yes. found at a certain website, bigquizthing.com. The big quiz thing, the finest in corporate and private trivia events nationwide we're getting into our busy season check us out bigquizthing.com all right see you then all right i don't get it a production of american caesar enterprises 2017